podcast has bad words. <laughs> well, hey there. My name is Jordan No More. And I'm Podcast John. And I'm Justin S. Williams. And together we are not the minimalists. Uh, Nailed if it. If you're watching this on Patreon, this is because thank you guys for showing up and paying our bills uh, or paying our paychecks because <laughs> yeah. if not, the lights wouldn't turn on and we would be unemployed. So, uh Yes, so Here we are. <laughs> yeah, and we really appreciate getting uh, to the four thousand uh, Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much. Which I think by now guys. we're like well over that. What did you say, Jess? Go ahead, Jess. Oh, I just said thank you, guys. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think we, yeah, we we are well over the the four K. So we got the opportunity then to take over the studio here with with Jess, who's joining us remotely from. Chicago, Illinois, specifically, Jess, uh, you and um, Matt, your husband, uh, you guys live in Wrigleyville, right? Yep, we live in Wrigleyville. We can see the lights of Wrigley from our family room. Oh, that's beautiful. So you can see the uh, the uh, wind flag go up, right? Occasionally. Yes. Okay. Well, it's always up. That's the problem is that everybody puts it up all the time. So you never really know if they've actually won because the wind flag is always up. Yeah, you could probably guarantee probably less than half of the time, right? It yes. is the Cubs, <laughs> sadly. Yes. So I think we got these. Uh, we got some yeah, we got listener some great, questions. We got some great questions here that we're going to go ahead and just dive right into because we don't have any uh, special articles or anything pulled up. Unless Jess, you have anything special pulled up? No, not today. Not today. There's a, seems like there's a little note that I think uh, Sean at added at the very top here. I'm going to read this for the audience. It says, why are y'all trying to get us fired? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these questions that were submitted, uh, we all had kind of a good laugh at because there's a, a bit of brutal honesty. I think people were expecting us to bring to the table here. And uh, I thought, man, you guys are trying to get us fired. <laughs> um, but why don't we, we'll go ahead and uh, launch off with that first one. Um, so from Sarah. Sarah asked us, uh, how do Sean, Jess, and Jordan implement minimalism in their daily lives? Do so, you want to take that away, uh, Jess? Yeah, you want to take that, Jess? Sure. So, um, man, I, I, I guess I implement it in my daily life by doing things that I really care about every single day um, and like listing out my priorities on a daily basis and knowing what things that I really need to attend to and making sure that my environment is conducive for making that happen on a regular basis. Hmm. Just, just to kind of put that in a little bit in uh, context for you too, you've, um, I don't know. Uh, and of course it's completely up to you. This is the Patreon aud- audience and how much you want to share, but sure. Do you find with, uh, cause I know you've had some challenges recently. Do you find that that really, that the minimalism really, um, helps you then? With, with all that stuff? Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, I've, so I've, this year I was diagnosed with endometriosis and it, um, and just experiencing those health challenges was a really difficult thing to face. And it was so much easier moving forward in that, in that challenge, knowing what my priorities were before going through such a difficult thing. I think that if I didn't have the value structure that I've been setting up in my life over the last five years since I started working with the minimalists, that I wouldn't have been able to face it in a way that would actually honor the direction I wanted my life to go in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Jordan, what about you? Do you have? Well, I'm a more, 
I'm a, I, I tend to lean more towards the, 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 the physical aspect of, of minimalism. It's, it's, um, for me, it's always been about, I don't really own many things and specifically on, on my day to day life. I've like really been a minimalist when it comes down to like my outfits. I literally have the same outfit I wear every day and I like continually try to minimize my wallet my keys is literally just a house key and a car key you know like i don't have a phone case i'm one of those people <laughs> and um so yeah i just try to um and i, I it's it, it's it trickles down into everything every other aspect of your life obviously but um i've been good about it and my neighbors it's funny i live in a quadplex and my neighbors all are surprised that i almost like you know the trash goes out once a week Mine goes out once every three weeks <laughs> and people are like <laughs> baffled. They're like, aren't you ever going to put your trash out? I'm like, I don't need, I don't have any trash. I haven't thrown anything away. Yeah, well, my God, throw and out. I'm not even trying to be zero waste. I just don't throw things away that often. You I just guess. So. happen to order. No one needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are you a minimalist, Sean? Uh, how am I a minimalist? So you guys were so serious about your answers. So I actually wrote down my answers because typically uh, to let folks know, I'm a much better uh, writer than I am speaker. Um, so I don't know if uh, I notice that uh, Jordan did all his stuff off the cuff. And I don't know if Jess is doing her stuff off the cuff over there. She had written anything down. <laughs> but I wrote mine down and I wrote, uh, my wife and children ensure my bank account is minimal. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I see why you, you're a much better writer. That was that was clever. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. Um <laughs> So uh, our next question uh, we have from uh, Diana Kennedy. So Diana asks, uh, also my wife's name, although she spells it with two N's and not the one in here of Diana Kennedy. Uh, she's asking, what are Josh and Ryan's annoying habits while filming, recording the podcast? Mm. Um, Jess, I'm sorry. We're kind of leaving you out on this <laughs> one, aren't we? Oh, no, it's okay. I have one. I mean... At the end of the day, you know, we all have annoying habits. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it sounds like a political uh, <laughs> twist. She, what, see, what are you about to say? That's 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 just practicing to uh, for making her run for the presidency. Yeah. No, you guys, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that... Oh, I see what you did there, Jess. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> well, I actually... Tailing on that, um, I would say that that's the one thing that I notice, especially for me, because I, you know, when I edit the video, I essentially listen to every word spoken about seven times. Yeah. Maybe At more. least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Both the bigger those. thing is when I have to, and Jess, and Jess knows too, this, yeah. when I have to, when I do the transcribing of the Facebook trailers, I really get to know the cadence and the word choice of the speakers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of them. You're saying at the end of the day, that's that's a big one. Um, but we all have those crutches. Everyone right? has those. Yeah. Like like uh, vocal like Sean crutches. says, uh, evidently oh that's his word. Oh, evidently, evidently yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and then uh, Ryan says, uh, live a meaningful life. At, at the end, he says at the end of the day, but he also day. uses the. Um, He's gonna kill us for this. He uses <laughs> at the um, God. I, I wish I, I should have wrote. I should have wrote the answers down like you did. He uses that phrase, um, um, as long as you're, you're, ah, never mind. I'm killing it. <laughs> yeah. See that, that's how common it is ah. that he, he completely forgot it. Uh, yeah. 
So, again, Diana, I had to write down the answer <laughs> to your question. Uh, so what I'll say is uh, what is annoying to one person is endearing to another. So there's no real objective definition of annoying, which I just out-politicianed uh, Jess <laughs> on that one. <laughs> and uh, also, none of us want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well... So, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I would say that it's not, it, annoying is a harsh way of putting it. Mm. Um, it. It's, it gets a little stale when you have to, from our point of view, when you have to listen to things multiple times, you find, like, oh, okay, I hear that, I hear that, I hear that. Um, it's just kind of like you can listen to your favorite song yeah. a million times in a row but and I it mean, gets old. Right, and I think so. that would go for uh, anybody in production. Like, I mean, think about the people that are editing. I, I'm just throwing this out here. The people that are editing stuff like the uh, the Avengers Endgame. How mm-hmm. many times did they have to watch that film before that film came out? And I'm sure they were sick of seeing it by the end of it, right? True, yeah. Um, so same thing with, I think, anybody that goes into production. Uh, but, but there's not... Yeah, I mean, annoying, yeah. Like you said, such a harsh word. I don't, I don't think there's anything particularly annoying and... And yeah. if there was, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that Jordan and I do and Jess does that, you know, they're annoying to other people, right? And um, well, most it's, of just, that and is... it's just something that's inside yourself too, right? It's not anything really that the person's doing per se, right? We, all, we some... all say things like that, like on a regular basis. We all say things or do things like consistently that if we all had our own radio show, we would have like our own catchphrases. Yeah, we would have those, we, those crutches, right? You have those crutches. Or you have little like ticks and things. And like I said, it's usually not you. It's how the other person is perceiving you that yeah. that could be that could be taken as annoying. Like I said, or my politician's answer for some people, those things are endearing. So, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and I apolog- I'm going to apologize in advance if I butcher somebody's name. I really do apologize. Uh, but uh, I believe it's uh, Ewa Moore. Uh, E-W-A. Ewa, yeah. you can let us know if I pronounced that correctly. I was so, thinking it was Awa. Awa? I don't know. What, what do, do you think, Jess? What do you say? What do you say, Jess? Even it out. Awa? Yeah, I was thinking Awa. Okay. Awa. Sean, Awa. You've been voted off. I've the been island. voted you've off been the voted island. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and walk. Click, click, walk out. Uh, okay. Awa. Awa. Awa Moore says, "Are you all five more friends or business partners? Does it get fuzzy and complicated, or?" Uh, how is it really? So what, <laughs> what, uh, Jess, what do you think? It reminds me, I, I'm trying to remember what the real world introduction is. Like when people stop being nice and start getting real, <laughs> I think that's what they're expecting out of this. We're both, we're all friends and business partners. I think you have to be, if you're, you're, we're working together on a common mission and if we didn't get along, it would make things really difficult. I would say that I, I wish it was more on the friend side. Uh, I, Sean and I actually hang out a lot. Yeah, we do. Uh, I do, but it's just lot. given the nature of, of Josh and Ryan's schedule mm-hmm. and the fact that, especially yeah. for me, that there's a big age gap, it just doesn't happen. But I do, I do feel because they are some of the people especially for my situation, having been lived in Arizona and not, and moved out here recently, I don't know that many people. So like adding them to my roster of friends was mm. a big deal yeah. when it happened. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so I kind of, there's like a little bit like, oh, I wish it was more, but it's probably an appropriate amount of like, we don't need any more interaction than a couple times a week. Um, and, and, not, and it's almost always relevant to the work that we're doing. 
It's not just right. like, like I think uh, we went to, we've gone to dinner and or to like out to things with Ryan occasionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of weird. This is fresh. Uh, we're not doing anything minimalist related, you know? Yeah. And not so, even talking about business sometimes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's that's refreshing sometimes, but it's uh, it's fewer and far between than I would prefer, but, you know, maybe that's for the best in some cases. So, you guys ready for my scripted answer? No, you know, throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course it's Rip scripted. It up, Jordan. Like I said, more, more writer than speaker. Um, I re- <laughs> so, Jordan... You missed that, Jess. Jordan just tried to take my script away. That is not <laughs> happening. I will I will stab you with this green pen. Uh, uh, Ewa. There, did I get it? Did I get it? I think it's Awa. Oh, dang it. Sorry, Awa. Um, I said, uh, wrong on both accounts. We're acquaintances that work together. Next question. Also, none of us want to get fired. <laughs> All right. So, uh, th- our next question, which I uh, love your last name there because uh, I'm a fan of a writer with the same last name. His name is Hugo Dahl. So, Raul Dahl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hugo yeah. Dahl, which may or may not be a relation. I don't know. Hugo, you have to let us know. But your question is, uh, what do you wish you had known before starting to work with the minimalists? How would that have impacted your decision? <laughs> Jess? <laughs> For, first, one to the, uh, first one to the gallows. <laughs> I don't... Okay, I, I got, I don't think that there's anything that I wish I would have known. I think the things that I didn't realize were that taking like going coming out of college and working at galleries and working with the minimalists and having all of these separate endeavors, I didn't realize how much I would be directing those individual paths in my life because of that the fact that like that's the nature of working part-time for different people. Um, but I also didn't realize like, how much authority I would have within that own, like within my own path. So like starting off, I was just posting four times a day on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it wasn't an, in, an insane amount of creativity. I had some creative authority, but it was mostly just kind of getting something out there. And as social media platforms have grown over the last several years, um, my position has grown and I've been able to direct that by communicating in a valuable way to the audience. So I think it's not necessarily something I wish I would have known, but it's something that I didn't necessarily expect either. Hmm. How about you? Oh, Sean. no. Mine, We're going mine, in order. No, you see, mine are, the, mine are the clever little pithy answers that I wrote. Oh, about, so, so I got to... Right. Sean's Jordan the pithy had, one here. <laughs> did you say you have... Oh, I, I get to play... Yeah, I get to play the role of Josh as far as the pithy stuff, right? You do. Pithy me this. Uh, Pith- pithy me this, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that, that I wasn't prepared for the level of exacting perf- perfectionism uh, and, mm. and the, the level of... Like, like it's this is the big stage. And, and uh, I kind of... You know, it's like, especially if you're a creative and you, like in my situation, you move to Hollywood to pursue this very thing or something tangentially related, um, you you have an idea of what it is, but you don't know until you're behind the curtain. And then when you're there, you realize just what the stakes are. And it kind of hit me and knocked the wind out of me for a while. And you guys were all there to see the, you know, the 
I was like, I think I got a hang of this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm falling behind and fucking everything up. <laughs> and then I'm back to, you know, square one multiple times. And, uh, I think I've, you know, finally gotten my, my, uh, stride, you know, and realized just, uh, how to do things, you know, without tripping over myself and, and ruining it for everyone else. Because essentially what we do is broadcast television. Um, we have a, a schedule every week mm-hmm. and we have to, we have to produce. There's, there's right. thousands, if not millions of people that are expecting, uh, the product that we make, you know, and there's a little bit of responsibility that comes with that. And I wasn't prepared and I, I wish I would have, which you can never know until right. you touch the hot no. stove. Right. Uh, I wish I would have known at least had a little bit more of a, going in a little bit more prepared, but I, I'm glad I learned the lesson the way I did. So. I don't regret anything. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something to be said just briefly that uh, those are some of the most valuable lessons and, and some of the best ways we learn are with more public failures, right? Mm-hmm. The more public the failure, the more that that lesson's going to stick. Man, I, so I just want to say, I remember that. Like when I first started, actually, it was so funny. The first morning I was supposed to share something, it, not, it didn't go out. And I couldn't, I got trigger shy. It was the first post that was supposed to go out. And they didn't even really have as big of a platform as they do now. But I was like, I got scared. I just couldn't even do it. And especially you have like authority on this account. And especially when you also recognize that you're representing somebody else, there is a huge amount of responsibility that comes with it because your work reflects on them. Yeah, pressing the upload button on YouTube the first time was crazy. Yeah, let, let me ask you both. <laughs> uh, before you guys upload content, how, like when you're getting ready to click on it, how many times do you about go back and review the work you have before you upload it? When you're ready to press the button, do you go ahead and press it or do you go back and review the work again before you do that? Jess? I review it a couple of times and then I review it after it's posted too. Because on some networks, it doesn't always translate the way that you expect it to before it's posted. I'd agree. I, 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 but I feel like my process is like really fluid now. And, you know, we, we all kind of three work together with the visual medium mm. because there's just so many moving pieces. Right. That it's like, it's just a fail safe system. You right. Know? Having so, all three of us. Yeah. So I'm checking the- and double checking when I work on it, but I think I'm a little listexic with it. Uh, <laughs> but I think that I, I, um, this I mess guy. things up all the time and I try not to, I try to reread things, but it's like, it's only so much I can do, you know, well, I think uh, between, but it's why it's good to have multiple eyes on it. Yeah. I was going to say, I think between the three of us, we're always passing stuff back and forth. So we're kind of, uh, and if we have any doubts, we go to the other and say, Hey, what do you think of this? Right. So we, we have and that back, back. The up. other, the other thing that's great on the video side is that I'm not, I'm almost never like pressing the definitive upload button mm. because what happens is I put it on unlisted or private and then we all look on at YouTube, it. And yeah. then by the time everyone's given the okay, I click upload or I make it public or I schedule it yeah. and it's the, the, the pressure's off. Right. Cause as, we've all looked at, right. Yeah. As opposed to like the first two months of working with the minimalist just where you. I was, I was the sole eyes looking at something and I would just press publish and no one else looked at it yet, that was daunting. Yeah. That's always like, ugh. Like I'm a little bit of cold sweats going on just thinking about it right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's jumping off the cliff and hoping that the parachute opens. Yeah. Yeah. 
so for Hugo, of course, Hugo, I wrote something down. Uh, Hugo, I misread the letterhead on the offer letter. I thought it read the maximalists, and I thought I was about to hit the payroll lottery. And also, none of us want to get fired. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to wear that joke too thin, although I already did. All right. Uh, that was two, right? You can yeah, do it one just, more time. Yeah, just two. That's right. The, the, the Rule of three is the jokes. Yeah. Um, Trevor uh, asks us, as people who work closely with Josh and Ryan behind the scenes, what impact do you have on the direction that the podcast takes? Whether you do or do not have any impact on the podcast direction. What do you think the future of the podcast will bring? Jess? <laughs> um, I help choose some of the guests for the podcast. So I help curate guests and um, I'm, help, I'm responsible for helping schedule them on the show. Um, and I think with the future of podcasting, like it's already brought what it's going to continue to bring and it's just going to get more intense. I think that in the 80s and 90s, we were glued to our television sets. And I think that now people are multitasking more. And I think that the shift in participation of long form discussion has made us more intelligent by leaps and bounds. Um, and it's proven that our attention spans are a lot more impressive than we give them credit for. Um, and that our curiosities are a lot more sophisticated than we realized. Well, we can move on because Jess covered everything right there and made it, And she's a lot more intelligent than us. So I don't think Jordan, do you want to add anything? Jess, you nailed it. Yeah. I was going to add, I do think that we, um, we're all in an echo chamber of creativity with the, with the minimalists and, you know, everyone's tossing out ideas and no one's really taking claim for any of it. It's just, we're all a team. Mm -hmm. So things kind of happen that we all kind of incubated, you know, um, couple of things is like, like at least in the progression of, since I've been involved, um, it was mostly just Josh and Ryan mm -hmm. for the podcast. Right. And then we started to have a couple of guests, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I like when you have guests. And then yeah. next thing we know, we're, we're booking out guests for three months in advance. You know. And, and thanks again to Jess for that. Jess yeah. does a fantastic job of, of getting fantastic guests. I'm blushing over here. So it's, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's kind of like it, we're in a big feedback loop. We all mm. interact with each other's ideas and shoot things down and... Um, upvote but you're saying in a say. good way in a the good feedback, way yeah. yeah 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 um and then because that's usually there's usually a negative connotation to saying feedback loop but, really, or, and uh, an echo chamber so but i know i know what you're driving at and i think yeah. everyone with you explaining it knows what you're driving at um yeah. but yeah and it's definitely with uh jess's um uh, diligent work on the side of getting i'm um, just this fantastic array of guests um it, it brings in uh, a whole new dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. That um, the guys have a, a, a ton of experience um, and knowledge when it comes to um, the all the workings of minimalism. Um, but it's nice to get those fresh perspectives in here, right? Yeah. Um, and get them off in some uh, some tangents and stuff. And Well, it's our job um, as the people that aren't writing the, you know, the intellectual property of it all to... In, to develop a way to package this and, you know, in clever ways or not cl creative ways, not right. clever ways, I guess clever as well, but um, to, so that people can, can see the best versions of it, you know, like, right. like um, we're working on a new series for the YouTube channel. I think we can talk about this on Patreon. It's not out yet. We haven't really figured it out, but we're working on a new series I came up with called Unpacking Minimalism. And it'll probably be, 
a, a big pending. departure from what you're used to with um, Josh and Ryan. It might even involve me and other guests. It might involve going to homes of people who are trying to become minimalist, things like that. And it's it's all up in the air, but yeah, still fluid. Yeah, it's a fluid idea, and and that's we you know working with the guys, they're open to it. So we're just like, I pitched it, and it's like, well, let's see a proof of concept, and let's see where it goes, and it'll probably happen, you know. So I think we do have a, a big influence on you know what happens, you know. All right, so, so I guess I guess it's me and my script, huh? All right. You so tre- Trevor, my answer is, nah. He, Jordan keeps trying to steal my script, <laughs> Jess. Get over here and take care of this guy. Uh, so, Trevor, um, I said from my perspective, you're asking the custodian where the corporation will be in the next five years. That's for me. That's, <laughs> what? No joke? Good Lord. We're going to have to put the little crickets chirping in there. Yeah, no exactly. One, no one liked <laughs> oh, my I'm joke. I'm sorry. You have a soundboard here. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Now, everything <laughs> that Jordan and Jess said, I mean, it goes, goes the same for me, so... Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to put the lightheartedness in here, but if the joke doesn't land, can't explain it, right? Kill it. Dead, um, dead so, so let's moving on. Susan Matthews, you asked us, uh, we all falter or make exceptions on our minimalist journey. What exceptions do you make? What exceptions have you seen Josh and Ryan make in their lives? See, Susan's been collaborating with these other folks trying to get us canned. Um, <laughs> Je- Jess, uh, what do you say to uh, to Susan? Okay, one of these questions I'm not going to have to go first, but also... Um, <laughs> that's, I collect, that's fair enough. I have a lot of plants. I'm a plant person, but like, I don't, I don't see that as an exception because I like living in jungles so if i can't if i'm living in a city then i'm going to create one in my own house um so i don't really see because i get to experience the plants every single day so i mean like and i know that sounds like an excuse and you could i think we all know our exceptions and because we're the only ones that know what's beneficial to our values and what's genuinely not so like we personally know when we slip up um, but I think Josh has mentioned on the podcast that he has too many jackets. So that's my other answer. Is we all know our exceptions and jackets. Yeah. Um, I would say I have the same similar problem to Josh uh, or exception uh, is the with with dress shoes. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working at I like to wear I like to dress up sometimes. And that's my exception to my uniform that I wear every day. Um, and I only in the last few months, I just keep like, I got a pair of black, you know, dress shoes and they look nice, but then I see another pair and I'm like, well, those ones are even cooler, you know, and I'm just following for the, for the, um, consumerist trap, you know, but, um, as long as it's not spilling out of my closet, I don't think anyone needs to know, you know, so. All right. Well, I uh, so Susan, read us your script. Yeah, Susan, let me read your script. Uh, Yeah, your script. I think this is a cop out, Sean. I think that we should have gotten the questions, and then we could tell you what they are. And then you could have told me what my answer was. Well, no. Then you could then you could be a little bit more spontaneous. We want Sean unscripted. Uh, Sean unscripted. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm throwing a little bit, little bits and pieces. Fair enough. Yeah, off script. Uh, so Susan, uh, I answered, uh, I believe Joshua and Ryan found the nanny cams I installed in their apartments and shut them down. So I can't speak to any exceptions they've made. Um, but, uh, I let Jordan and Jess take care of that. Uh, as for me, um, 
Um, this has come with some some age for me, um, and and working with the guys, and I've known the guys for some time, which we'll answer in another question. But um, for me, it was minimizing my tribes. Um, uh, there's there's just a danger in groupthink in tribes, so I really try to separate myself from tribes and become more independent and objective. So I said I minimize my tribes and maximize my uh, objective research because I want to become a more independent thinker. I think, um, you know, with our society, especially in the United States where we are, where we live and our citizens, um, there tends to be uh, a dangerous amount of groupthink now. So it's trying to separate from that and get the most objective um, view that you can from the most objective sources. So really, you know, I mean, if, if we're going to label me, um, I eschew labels, uh, there, there's my $20 word for the day. I eschew labels overall, but if you're going to label me at all, I'd say, call me an independent. And also this time I, I won't use my, none of us want to get fired. Whoops. It slipped. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, our next one we have from, uh, Anita, uh, Dalgard, I'm going to say, right. What do yeah, you guys think? Right. Dalgard? Yeah. Anita Dalgard? Okay. Are Sean, Jess, and Jordan minimalists? Do you have to be a minimalist to work for or with the minimalists? Jordan. I was going to say, I'm going to start, and I'm going to okay. throw Sean under the bus and say oh. that he's not a minimalist. <laughs> Mr. Writing your answers down. That's so maximal of you. Oh. Ooh, touche. <laughs> well, I guess the minimal part of me would be uh, the fact that I got my, and if anybody wants to comment on it, and Jess, Jess has seen this before, Jess, I shave my head again um nice she saw that in the tour right last year i really it's, it's yeah. a very uh, jarhead it's very it is very jarhead and i had mm-hmm. a what they call a high fade right um but uh yeah i did i mean if you look at my profile pictures it's much longer than it is right now but i like it this is probably about the most minimalist thing uh i usually do is get my hair cut really really short um Oh, so you're going to force me to answer my stuff first, then here, Jordan? All right, that's fine. Well, no, I mean, the answer, uh, <laughs> here's my pithy answer. Okay, what's your pithy answer? I am a minimalist. Okay. That's it. That's for, <laughs> and, he, and Jess, you missed that. He stared right down the barrel of the yeah. camera on that one. <laughs> I am a minimalist. And yes, you're darn tootin' we have to be minimalist to work with the minimalists. So, so See, Sean, I, you're yeah, fired. I, yeah. So, Sean, you're gone. <laughs> Sean, you claim to be an independent. You're gone. Um, yeah, I mean, that goes back uh, to what I was saying in the last question answering Susan, but Anita, that, um, you know, I would consider myself uh, above all else uh, independent. I mean, I realize we're social animals as humans, right? And I'm not living um, on an island or anything like that. But um, I think it's really crucial that I, as much as possible, wherever possible, that um, I don't have any tribal allegiance at all to anything and that I try to stay very independent above, above the fray and, and just get the most, you know, objective, um, resources possible to, I can make the best, uh, decisions and labels just in general. I, I, like I said, it's just, it just gets really dangerous, right? You get into that, that whole mode and it's, it suddenly becomes an us against them type of thing. And that's a lot of me at, and I'm older than the, the probably the oldest in the group in my, my late forties. Um, and as far as the guys, uh, and I know you might be a little bit joking there. Do you have to be a minimalist? I mean, how would they know, right? If you're a minimalist or not, no one, they are not coming to our house and check to see, right? So, I mean, depending on what you did here, I mean, what, what, 
determines that you're a minimalist. I mean, it's like saying that uh, do you have to be gay to work somewhere? I mean, how are they going to know unless you say? Well, they know. Uh, <laughs> oh, they know. But same thing. I don't. I think most employers, and and I think the guys included, and 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 Jess Jordan, feel free to to disagree with me if you like. Although you'll be wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think most por- most employers, at least in my experience now, like I said, my late forties and worked for a lot of different people in a lot of different places along the way and done a lot of different things. Um, my employers were always, no matter what their allegiance was to other things, they were most, they were most concerned with their employees being competent over anything else. They just want to hire the most competent people. They didn't care about, you know, that gender didn't matter. You know, gender didn't matter. Sexual preference didn't matter. Any other kind of label didn't matter. They just wanted the most competent people possible. And I would say Josh and Ryan feel the same. So to quote the West Wing, um, the president likes smart people who disagree with him. You know what? As, that's perfect. <laughs> well, Jess, and, we... And now well, we know why why Sean needs a script, because when he goes off script, it's a little long-winded. Oh. <laughs> man. Gonna, oh, Je- Jess. Shots fired. <laughs> Jess, smack that guy. <laughs> All the way from Chicago. <laughs> so, Jess, what, what, uh, what do you have to say to Anita? Well, I live dangerously, and I do have that label. I mean, I probably, I could, I would definitely, like, if somebody looked at my house, and people, people, when they have walked in, have said, like, oh, this looks different, and then when they realize, or when we talk about um, what I do every day, and and how I help with the minimalists, um, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, it definitely, it definitely would be a strong descriptor for my life, and I mean, like, I always have a bag by the door and it's always ready to be filled. It's like, it's one of those things that it's not really anything that I think about on a regular basis that even really feels forced. I think mostly because too, um, like every, every, every so often and for a long time, it was every day I was reading articles about minimalism so that we could, you know, curate our Facebook page. And we've kind of shifted our, our focus from Facebook to Instagram a little bit more, but I'm still reading those articles, but over time, you I just feel like I'm reading all of these things, and I'm sure that you guys feel the same way with the podcast as well, um, where you're constantly like uncovering this information about how simplifying makes things easier. And I think because of that, for me, it inherently becomes part of my life because the benefits are like constantly statistically being brought to my attention through all of the platforms that we speak through. I would say, I would say yeah. that... Um, uh, to as T.K. Coleman would, or as Josh would reference of T.K. Coleman, to yeah. steel man the argument, sometimes minimalism isn't it, it, like 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 specifically with clothes. This is what I was going to get at is yeah. um is I thought when I was going to minimize and and go down to wearing just plain black shirts, the same exact brand, same exact size, you know, purchasing in bulk. And and the same jeans that it was going to simplify, I could just pick, you know, the a pair of pants and a shirt, right? Well, the problem with that became ultra nuance. So the the same problem arises every morning when you mm. pick your outfit. You yeah. go, oh, would I just really like that one that has the mist stitch, or that one fits me just right, even though they're all the same shirt. Like like this one, I re- I realized when I put it on this morning, I'm like, this one's a little loose. This feels loose, like someone tugged on it. You know, right. And I don't like it as much as the one I wore yesterday, but hey, deal with it. 
tangent, <laughs> tangent over. <laughs> tangent over. <laughs> back uh, to you, Sean. Back to me. With the weather. <laughs> right. Well, and I want to be clear, too, that uh, I don't have anything at all, right, with anybody uh, labeling themselves a minimalist at all. And I, I think a lot of things I do could probably be, like if you observed uh, my place and, and what I do and stuff, you could b- probably turn me saying, Hey, this looks like a, a, a guy that's a minimalist and I am perfectly fine with that. Um, it's not a minimal amount of books. Well, right. And well, and, and I think Josh and Ryan both say, I mean, call it whatever you want, right? You don't, you don't need a label in anything really if you don't want to, but, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm going to note too with this, uh, also, uh, Anita, uh, Susan Matthews, who asked the previous question, asked this question as well about, are you menace as well? or not so we got susan we got you answered there too um next one we have uh ashley scherf guys did i do that right does that sound right ashley scherf i would say it's ashley ashley (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, of course you would um (laughs) ashley scherf asks how do josh and ryan handle conflict in the workplace and communicate their expectations to the three of you so I'm going to go first since uh, I've been defaulting to everybody <laughs> I know else. This and, one, I know where this and Jordan was kind of trying to strip me of a good one again. Um, uh, so Ashley, uh, we're each of us uh, at least the fifth person to fill our current positions, and we haven't been able to contact our predecessors. So what does that tell you? <laughs> oh, that's damn. Uh, you got me. I, I uh, you stumped I? me. I, I was stumped expecting. You on that one? Uh, that was a good I was one, right? Expecting you to say Ashley. Ashley. Do you want us to get fired? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I did actually have that on there, but I didn't say it this time. I let Jordan say it for me. What do you think, Jess? Um, I mean, I think that the way that it works with Josh and Ryan is the same way that it's worked for me and anybody else that I've worked with is like, if there's a problem, it's always just like you communicate effectively, like what's not measuring up or what's not going right. Create a plan to correct it. A plan that like will work within like however your workflow functions um and then do your best not to mess it up again in the future and i mean and i think staying accountable to ourselves in a way that we're we're all focusing on growing and improving and contributing um so because of that i think because of the fact that that's our main focus i think we handle conflict in a similar way just doing our best to leave behind what doesn't add value and then focusing on more moving forward with a clear understanding of what does I would say I'm I'm the only one in the group that receives um, I receive um, um, daily floggings. God dang it! <laughs> Is that what you gonna say? No. No, you just you just railroaded my joke. I just but it's over. Her, I it's did, okay. I did railroad it. <laughs> and I was gonna say I I, re- I receive telegrams from the guys when there's uh, um uh what do you call it? Conflict. Yeah. So he, it makes it really hard to to break these down, and I'm just kidding. He gets he gets telegrams <laughs> with uh he gets telegrams just with uh horses heads and concrete right. shoes. Jordan Jordan no more stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So wait, did, was that is that stop a space or did the, did he just actually spell out the word stop? <laughs> That's a telegram joke for all you yeah. millennials out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You millennials are going to have to look up what a telegram is. Did either of you two ever I'm a go millennial. To the... I told you I was... <laughs> Actually, yeah, Jess was the one that nailed the joke. Yeah, that was great. Did Have either <laughs> of you... It sounds like Jess has gone to a, like, a, like a museum or, or a place where they teach you how to do a telegram. 
No. No. I've done uh, that before. It's nah. really cool to like put the little headphones on. I'm deaf in one ear, so it didn't work. Too oh yeah, well. with Morse code. You're saying yeah, Doing the Morse, Morse code, code thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To wow. sit down and and tap out a more and you can send. They still like actively have stations all over all over the world. You yeah, know? so you, you can wow. communicate with random people, it, and it's really cool. It's actually one because I'm not. Uh, so don't uh, try and find me yet. Anybody out there that is also a um, amateur radio operator or ham operator. Um, I am working on getting my uh, technician's license, which is like the lowest license you can get. It's like technician general and then I want to say advanced, right? Um, I know I know t- technician in general for sure, but uh, with ham operators uh, at one level, you, you do actually have to know Morse code you, oh. because they do uh, often like when the systems are down, sometimes the only thing that will go through is Morse code. Yeah. So that's why uh, uh, amateur radio folks? operators have to learn it. Hear that, folks? Sean is looking to ham it up. So if anyone else is into that ham, you know, yeah, if you're into the, bust out the rum ham. If you're into that <laughs> ham, I got the rump. Careful with your tone, Jordan. <laughs> uh, all right, moving, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> rum uh, ham. No, actually, uh, I, I will say a, a slightly more on a slightly more serious note as far as to, to Ashley's question, because uh, I have been very, very glib so far. Um, a word I love since that uh, Matt Lauer, Tom glib. Cruise. Uh, yeah, you're being glib, Matt. <laughs> um, so you're being glib, podcast, Sean. Uh, Ashley, yeah, I think they do. Uh, they set they uh, set good expectations. Um, uh, back to what Jess, kind of writing off what Justin Jordan said, that, uh, you know, if there's an issue, uh, we take care of the, well, um, I think we do a really good job here of not, um, focusing on the problem. The problem is what the problem is, right? What you need to focus on is the solution. So that is something I think we do really well here. And I know, um, uh, Josh, especially and and, and Ryan are, uh, fans of Jocko Willink and Jocko Willink has a, uh, a book about that called extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, well, I was going to say actually on deposit that note, um, that Josh really does live up to his, I'll tell you policy that he talks yes. about with, um, in regards to him and Beck's. Uh, but he does that with all of our relationships is it's like yep. something's on his mind. He's going to say it oh, right yeah. then and we're going to get it handled. It's yep, not going right. to linger or fester. No, he know? does believe in attacking um, stuff right away. No yeah, matter what so, it is, just going after it right away. Yeah. Which is, it's an admirable thing as yeah. much as a, you know, like ripping a bandaid off quick hurts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an admirable trait. Well, so. I mean, if you let it fester, it just gets worse. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, focusing on the solution and not the problem. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So, uh, Ashley, thank you for your question. Next thank question you. from Crystal Brown. <laughs> from Crystal Brown. Crystal. God, I, I that, that is, that is such an, every name. <laughs> that's such an L.A. thing to say, Jordan. Crystal. Uh, Crystal. Crystal. From, from Bubbly Brown. From Bubbly Brown. <laughs> Do we have a Denise here? <laughs> yeah, C- Crystal Brown says, uh, "What have each of you learned from Ryan and Josh that has brought the most value to your own lives?" And she uh, added me. I usually say, "Don't at me." Don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> uh, at Sean, that's Crystal. Crystal, that's at podcast Sean. At Sean, uh, roughly what percentage of the pithy answers uh, Josh, Ryan, and their guests come up with during recording don't make the cut? Um, it's so really low, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I can answer on that. Time, right? right, I can answer that first. I can go to that first. Um, as far as the percentage goes, um, 
my answer to that, uh, Crystal, is nearly all the pithy answers make the cut after I ruthlessly edit them. <laughs> no, actually, uh, they're both really good at coming up with it because they've done it for some time. Both Josh and Ryan are really good with it. Uh, audience members, or not audience, I'm sorry, um, the guests, uh, most of them, if they've seen the program, you know, uh, the Minimalist Podcast, then they're kind of familiar with it. Or if they're repeat guests, are kind of familiar with it. Some of the newer folks... Not as much. Um, so they come in and uh, sometimes it's a little tricky, um, obviously, because I'm working off a script here for a good portion of this, to come up with really something very clever um, and short on the fly. Um, but yeah, nearly all of it makes nearly all of it makes makes the cut, uh, especially if they say my pithy answer is because they've already worked on it, right? Um, but occasionally they'll throw something out and I'm like, oh, that's good and I'll make, an, and I'm not doing that here because I'm just going to review this later. You're seeing a little bit of the way the sausage is made. Well, I don't know. It's not going to be in the shot, right, Jordan? But I've got the H6, the recorder we use, uh, so mm -hmm. I can pot it up and down as we go here. But so you're seeing a little bit of the way sausage is made, but usually I'm writing down the notes as they go to and I'll put timestamps and I know exactly where they said something so I can go back and listen to it later and, and, and work it out. Um, now, uh, I'll, since I'm already, uh, yapping away, uh, I'll go ahead and answer your first part as far as for me, what, uh, Ryan and Josh have, uh, brought most value, uh, to my life. Uh, I've known them for quite some time. I worked with them in the corporate world. This is back in the early two thousands when I was a, a corporate trainer in, um, uh, Dayton in Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up just North of, uh, of, of Dayton and the guys grew up in Lebanon. So we all grew up kind of close to each other. I'm a Little bit, little bit older. The guys were born uh, in 81. I was born in 73. Um, so for me, um, really, they helped me with, I think, a, 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 an objectiveness. Um, and I say that especially from having, and just thanks to you, getting a variety of guests on the Minnows podcast. I mean, one of the things, and listening to other guests on other podcasts and listening to other podcasts, right? Because it's what we do. We're in the industry. Um, it taught me to really, uh, working with the guys more, um, and this is probably an extension of being a teacher too, because um, uh, I used to teach not only the corporate training thing, but you know I taught uh, middle and high school English and, and college English, because um, that's what my master's is in. Um, but with having this variety of guests, um, it taught me to question everything. So especially you know r my resources, uh, if they're people, books, articles, journals, internet, whatever, um, I've learned to ask you know the questions of of anything that. I'm like, why, why am I listening to this person? You know, when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm like, why am I listening to this person? What's their background, their qualifications, their credentials, their education? What's their experience? You know, why am I dedicating time to listening to what this person has to say? Um, because it's, it's an easy entry now, right, into podcasting. It's an easy entry into writing books now because of like Amazon and Kindle. Um, so it, nearly anyone can, uh, and social media, right? Anybody can get on, on any of these platforms and spout anything that they want to. And that's where we really have to, you know, at this time being our most pre precious resources, the guys say, and once spent with something we can't recover. So Josh says, I've never been influenced by an influencer. Um, and there's a whole lot of that stuff out there. Uh, so I think when you start asking those questions and really digging in, you know, what's their background, their qualifications, credentials, education, you know, um, What's their experience? Why am I listening to this person? Um, because so much of it, uh, when you start flooding the market, because it's such an, like I said, an easy entry into all these things, then you get a lot of this stuff. That's just, um, it's just junk. I mean, sadly, but, 
Um, so it takes it takes some us asking ourselves those questions, you know, with that to to see that we're really getting um, the full value of 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 what it is, if it has value at all. Because I mean, anybody can be out there with you know little to no no foundation of authority, you know, mm-hmm. to speak on something. And I think it's important for all of us to really kind of dig in. And I think that's part of the problem that we're experiencing, at least I don't know society in general. You know, saying the entire world society, but. Uh, especially in the United States, I think there's a lot of misinformation and stuff going on and people are just, uh, you know, taking stuff as they come in. Yeah. Sorry, that was really long. See, I would like you guys to point out. For me no, that was great. I would like to point out that he wrote all of that down. I did actually. There <laughs> is actually. Give me two pages and pages just and pages. Jester is actually quite a bit of that written down. Um, <laughs> I would say to have a more pithy answer uh, relevant <laughs> to that. <laughs> that was That was not very minimalist to me. I would say that the biggest thing, going back to uh, Hugo's question and in regards mm. to Cristal's question, uh, is about... Um, Crystal, I'll, I'll reach learned, across here and it's, get him. Uh, there we go. Uh, no, I, the biggest thing I, le- I think I learned is I've... And I'm still on the, the journey is I'm becoming a much better writer because Josh is is uh, is a good writer. You know, he's a great writer. Mm. And so just he by proxy writer. being around well, and having to... Like, it, it's caused me to be very attentive when I'm writing an email. I'm like, oh, I'm going to craft every email, even the most worthless email is going to have a fully crafted... Well, I messages too, yeah. right? iMessages, um, not so much. Sometimes I'm still dropping URs instead of the full your, you know? Don't worry. Like, I, I whip out my ruler and slap his knuckles for those things. Jeez. <laughs> Just see his knuckles, Jess, are a bloody mess. <laughs> so... What would you say you've learned, Jess? I, I actually, I said the same thing is, is just working with the blog and, and like just communicating and reading and writing um, so much between each other and just really doing my best to like, to be concise with my words. Um, that like, that is, it's just, that's such a big deal. And just working, doing, handling the minimalist social media. It's like, I, I feel like, you have to be very careful with your words um and yeah and just re- reading the blog over the years um it's just taught me to be more effective in my communication and that's i think that's one of the biggest things that i've gotten out of it i mean it's like that's huge i mean to, i think to be an effective communicator today is not super common because everybody communicates but it's a matter of communicating well yeah see Everybody, this is why typically we don't let Jess join us because she completely outshines us on everything. (laughs) Untrue. (laughs) Nailed it, Jess. Nailed it. So the next question truly has a name or pontification. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to take a stab. It's Bjornar. Is is it Bjornar? Bjornar. It kind of reminds me of uh, what's what's Thor's hammer's name? Uh, Jess? Oh man, where's Matt? I don't know. What's Thor's hammer's name? Oh, Matt. Yeah, her husband, Matt. Does he know? Is it Mjolnir or Mjolnir? Is it? Or something? Mule deer. <laughs> it's a mule deer. Okay. It's a mule deer. So, B- Bjorn- <laughs> so um, Bjornar. Bjornar. Orion. Is it Klinenberg? Klinenberg? Okay. So he's from Norway. So. Uh, Bjornar, if we mispronounce any of that, he um, or she. Let's not let's not discriminate uh, that it could be he or she. A he yeah. or she. My my apologies. Well, I or mean, a, 
gender right, non-specific I mean, we, right we, right it's <laughs> um yeah it, it we don't know um but Bjornar, um you you have a quick question from norway thank Three you lines. thank it's you it's not that quick no yeah <laughs> um were were you friends before you started working together if so how has this affected your relationship and if not are you all friends on the private now um jordan you want to take it first i didn't know any of these fine ladies and gentlemen um but uh now i'm i'm i've become pretty good friends with uh with sean so i would say no and then yes and uh yeah jess I mean, I think it's this kind of the same thing as I mentioned above that, like, I mean, I, I met Josh and Ryan right when I started working with them. Pretty much I was uh, a fan of Josh and Ryan's work uh, in 2013. I actually started reading their blog. Um, so, you know, we we were friends and we kind of we went to different events together. I went with them on the Less Is Now tour that's featured in the documentary. Um, and yeah, I mean, we we're all friends. We're all working together on a common mission. So as I mentioned before, it's like we have disagreements sometimes on how things should get done. But at the end of the day, we set them aside and we work together to accomplish a common task, which is to help people live meaningful lives with less. So, I mean, that's I think that's one of the like foundational aspects of our relationships just in general um being on the minimalist team is that we have that common mission yeah no. what i said you? what were you gonna say oh what was i gonna say well let me check my script <laughs> <laughs> what is what is it the script was telling me i should say uh no i i did talk about this briefly before but yeah i've known josh and ryan since uh the early 2000s and we were working in uh, corporate america for a telecom back in um the cincinnati dayton area of ohio uh, where we both grew up, um, where we all grew up rather. Um, so, uh, I think as far as a relationship goes, so, uh, we worked there, we were not in, um, you know, we were, uh, colleagues and not direct reports to, to one another or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we were friends there and that extended to this, uh, and, and Bjorn, I was asking, um, how that's affected the relationship, um, I think for the key for me, and I'm going to drop a little bit of my uh, master's in English uh, uh, knowledge here. Um, we used to talk about, and this is more lingui- on the linguistic side of things, but uh, a um, term uh, uh, terms uh, code switching. And that just means that uh, you speak differently to different people, right? In different situations. Um, so, um, you know, there, there's a different, um, there's a different way of speaking when we're, uh, hanging out and talking as friends and there's a different way of speaking when we're hanging out and, and, you know, uh, working as, as colleagues. Uh, so, I mean, for me, uh, that's, that's the biggest change is that code switching that happens. Just, uh, I would, I would say now, uh, for Bjorn R it's, uh, just a little bit more seamless maybe. Um, now over time. Uh, okay. Um, Jolene, right? Yeah, that one's that one's easier. See, Bjorn, Bjornar, I needed to Americanize your thing there. Uh, Jolene Harrison. Uh, how how important is um, uh, or yeah, or are rather how important are aesthetics uh in your home when it comes to minimalism? Um. 
All right, I'll I'll just uh, tell uh, read what the script told me to read. Uh, <laughs> well, Jolene, you'd have to ask my wife. I have no say in aesthetics. Uh, I will say the garage is fairly neat and organized since uh, she let me have that and occasionally the couch. <laughs> what about your side of things? Like your your nightstand or your closet area or something like that? Like the things that you have control over? Everything that Sean has control over oh. is made of books. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, just. You, you should think see I, his apartment. You think I have control over stuff like that? Come on now. <laughs> I get I get the garage and occasionally the couch and that's it. Um, Fair enough. Placement uh, of the remote and the living room again. Uh, yeah, I don't really have control over that too, except the days <laughs> when the, the Ohio State uh, football games are on. Um, no, I mean I, I uh, overall I I mean uh, it's the pretty neat overall. Probably not when I was you know younger. I mean, but over the time you know my wife and I uh, this year will have we will have been together 20 years. Um, so over 20 years time, you know, you, uh, tend to kind of, you know, work with one another and, and, work, and, um, have a, uh, you know, relationship, uh, that, I What's, mean, as far as that goes, it works. Really what Sean is saying is, uh, is my uh, politicians. Jolene, answer. are you trying to get me divorced? <laughs> yeah. I, I did not have that on the script, so I didn't read it, but, uh, I would say in my life, uh, aesthetics are um, <clears throat> are kind of like like flexibly important. I like you've seen my place, uh, Sean, and I like it to look really nice. Yeah, after and, I dug through all the stuff to get through the front door, I mean that's a fallacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's I I like it. I I set it up one time, you know, the way I like it, and um, and. It gets really messy sometimes, and then, but most of the time, I try to keep it clean. I guess I don't know. I'm, I, I try to be. An, I'm a normal person. <laughs> semi. Believe me, I'm a normal person. Semi, semi-normal. <laughs> Jess, how important is aesthetics to you? I mean, I like what you said. Like flexibly important. Like it's not important, but it's valuable. Like, I mean, honestly, for our apartment, like things are kind of set the way they are. We have everything that we need, so it's not like. I'm constantly, like, you know, just like worrying myself over how things look. I do care about how clean things are, and I do have, like, a scheduled-out list on my Trello board of, like, when things should be cleaned. Because I, like, part of, to me, like, part of minimalism is being really grateful for the things that you have, and, and being grateful for what I have really is about, like, taking care of that. So I would say the biggest way that, like that's important to me is just making sure that like I take care of the things that I own and not owning a lot definitely lends itself to that philosophy. Luke asks, what are your favorite and least favorite aspects of working with Josh and Ryan? Sean? I can go first on this one. (laughs) Man, here's Luke has conspired with everyone else to try to get us fired. (laughs) Conspired to fire. Uh, Luke, let me check the script. Um, (laughs) Uh, Luke, uh, favorite for me are the challenges. Uh, least favorite for me are the challenges. <laughs> um, but that goes for everywhere. 
since uh, challenges come, always come with the same amount of stress, right? No matter where you are, um, stress, anxiety, um, not overboard, but I mean, I'm just saying that's the nature of, of challenges sometimes. But of course, once you overcome those challenges and you meet them, then it becomes uh, easier and easier um, as you go. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm being a little glib there, right? But truly, I mean, um, I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the challenges and there are a lot of, um, and at least for me, there's a lot of new things that, that come along the way that, um, uh, you just have to be very, uh, adaptable, right. And flexible, um, and, uh, find solutions. Uh, so I, I appreciate that a little bit. Um, well, I'm not gonna say a little bit, um, much more than when, uh, I was in the corporate world and there's just not when you have, it's a difference between, um, in the corporate world, you're running a, uh, a cruise ship. And when you're, uh, in a situation like ours where there's just a few folks, you're, uh, uh, maneuvering, or I was going to say a dinghy. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a sexual way. I'm talking no about, one was thinking that, but dinghy yeah, is still but then, a funny then word. I, yeah, then I brought it out. <laughs> uh, but it's just so much, right? Because, um, Good thing this is Patreon. Yeah, good thing this is Patreon. Uh, just saying with the cruise ship, of course, there's a lot more. Uh, it's more bu- bureaucratic, too, right, when you're working on, like, a corporate level. So it's much harder to um, it's much harder to turn that ship or one person to to have much influence on that. Um, and usually it's not giving that much autonomy to do it. Whereas on our level with the dinghy, there's only so many people in the ship. So um, it's, it's much easier to make those adjustments, which... It's kind of actually how I feel too about like, I mean, anything when you're looking at big bureaucratic, like, a, I mean, in the United States, because of, you know, the situation that we currently have, and there's a lot of focus on um, the current president and, and, and as there usually is. But the thing is, for me, um, I think, I mean, they do provide some direction, whoever that person is. But overall, I mean, let's be honest, that's one person. I mean, how much influence do they really have? How much can they really do? This is not a political show. This is not a political thing. (laughs) But I'm saying from the standpoint, uh, I guess the point being that, um, you know, the the bigger it is, the more bureaucratic anything is, Mm -hmm. um, the much harder it is to get anything done or one person, right? Yeah. To really get anything done. Whereas this, we have a lot more. Uh, autonomy and ability to actually affect the outcome of something, right? So you're saying you like that it's smaller, so that you're you make a bigger impact, a bigger splash within the team. Well, I mean, you have you have more influence, you have more ownership. Um, uh, but um, unlike uh, in a more bureaucratic situation, like in in corporate America, something when you have a failure there are the ripples are much less right because there's more people to pick up the slack whereas on um the level that we're working on now if you make a mistake and make a hole in the dinghy then everybody goes down and goes down quickly whereas if you know in a big cruise ship they can probably plug that up pretty quick and there are plenty of people to take care of you know whatever happened Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'd say least favorite and most favorite i keep passing it over to you jordan i'm passing it right or i'm passing it back to jess this time okay Okay. Yeah, I can take it. I, I, you know, I agree. I think that definitely is one of my favorite things. And um, building on your metaphor of the boat, I heard this um, this captain. It was like a it was a podcast that I listened to years ago. I don't even remember what podcast it was, but he was talking about the way that he deals with the people that he's directing on his ship. Uh, he was in the military, and he was saying that when his soldiers like talk to him, or not when his soldiers see like 
I don't even know what I'm talking about. When people that are under him, when they're talking to him, um, he would ask them to say, I intend on doing this. And they weren't asking, can I do this? But it was more like, these are my intentions. And that's all that was communicated. And um, I try to do the same thing when I'm communicating with Josh and Ryan about decisions that I'm making with regard to social media or anything else that I'm doing uh, with regard to the minimalists is like setting out a clear path forward and saying, these are my intentions because you guys have like given you know us that freedom over time. And it is, it is amazing. It is really fun to like have the influence like on a channel and given all of our individual creative um, creative abilities we're able to build something really remarkable I think because of the fact that we have that autonomy hmm. Jordan yeah, I would I would say um, that my favorite thing uh, my favorite aspect is definitely I'll start with my least favorite my least favorite aspect is oh no no, no it makes sense I gotta set up so I'll set it up my favorite thing is is the fact that I I on a personal level get a chance to create do exactly what I love, which is, you know, make videos and um, film and edit and, and even help with the creative side um, for, for a world stage, for a bigger audience than what I was accustomed to. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside is the least favorite aspect is just that it's, it's kind of monotonous and that's just the nature of the work uh, for my end because, it, you know, especially with the podcast is we're just in this room. You know, it doesn't, not much changes. Um, the only variable is the conversation. So, and yeah, it's kind of stifling from a creative standpoint because I came from a career of doing commercial work where every shoot was a new location and a new, new adventure, you know? So the occasions that we do go on tour or that we do another video are amazing. And I love that. But it, yeah, for the most part, it gets a little monotonous and that's kind of a bummer. Oh, um, and that's just the truth, man. <laughs> but we do have some other things coming up, right? That are going to um, throw I'm some variety. Sugarcoat it; it gets boring. Oh my god! <laughs> so um, those have, that have worked on it so far, what, that we're placing bets and put up an odds board saying who's going down first. It was uh, those <laughs> that had Jordan. Me. You guys just won. Well, uh, it's just because I, I tell the truth. <laughs> I didn't share my least favorites. I do have two least favorites written, and they're specifically for Josh and Ryan. So my least favorite thing about working with Josh is he doesn't use a lot of emojis when he texts, and he's a dry texter. And for the first three years that I texted with Josh, I thought he was mad at me. I like Because women are more communicative, and we use exclamation marks more, and we use emojis more, and, it was, and I'm like, oh. But then over time, like, you realize that's not the case. And then with Ryan, whenever we were on tour, he would just watch his pits at the most inopportune times before live events. We'd be going on, and it, he was, like, this is when he was transitioning into keto. I'm like, Ryan, it's time to get on stage. you got to get out there. They're playing every little thing soon. He's like, hang on, man. I'm washing my pits. <laughs> so that's for our 4,000 Patreon members. <laughs> that's my least favorite about Josh and Ryan working with them. Oh, my God. Jess, uh, I'm sure that at this point, Jordan's going to put a reaction shot on me, and I'm looking right down the barrel that it looks <laughs> like I'm going to be the only one running the minimalist after today. <laughs> Well, I'm the only one with the political answer. <laughs> you know, you guys, you guys obviously watching this are going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, 
So we're going to, um, I know we're kind of, uh, Jessa, uh, I know we, we're running probably a li- little bit long on our time, but uh, we can do, uh, you want to do lightning on these? Let's try and do lightning round, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll let's do, some do lightning round, I like it. Yeah, let's do some lightning on these last few that we have, because um, I'm one of these people that when I submit a question, I always am really bummed out that somebody didn't address us. So we're at least going to hit all you folks here, but we probably are not going to be as long-winded as we have been. Uh, Brandon, uh, I'm not even going to try your Just last Brandon. name. I would, I'd kill it. <laughs> Brandon uh, W. asks. Yeah, Brandon W. asks, uh, how have your personal thoughts on minimalism changed over the years of working with Josh and Ryan, and how has this affected your work and professional output over time? Um, I, I think I already talked about this a little bit, um, um, that I appreciate all the uh, the aspects and the, pra- and the practices of minimalism, but um, I guess I, I, I'm always a little gun-shy with anything that uh, that looks a little bit like a group. You know, or a tribe, um, and I always try to stay uh, independent. So he's I, saying that it sounds kind of cultish, and he's he's opting out. And that's what it sounds like, doesn't <laughs> it? That's what it sounds like to me. Brand or uh, Jordan, what would you say? I would say um, that I my my thoughts on minimalism have stayed the same. Um, mm. I would say that how my professional output has changed over time is that I've it's just like just like running. Uh, I would say that my be- my biggest analogy to working with the minimalists is, is running. When you first start running or doing any physical exercise, like it's impossible to run to the end of the block, right? Mm. But working with them, now I can run marathons. Right. And so when I do take on other work, it's insane the output that I can put out I, that I never thought I would have been able to do prior to working with them. So it's like it's it's definitely been a massive positive on my professional career. So, yeah, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Jess? All right, Brandon, I'm going to give your last name a shot. I think it's uh, Wozniak, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I have a Polish last name, so that's going to be my attempt. Um, I was trying to figure it out. Um, I, for me, it's just become more deeply integrated in my life. Like, I have, I use Trello to organize all of my social media posts and my entire life. Um, and because of that i have a section on my trello board for health i have a section on my trello board for finances i have a section on my trello board for my passions my relationships have made my way on there and growth and contribution are all throughout those categories on my trello board so i mean i it might sound kind of like ridiculous to have all of those things things tracked in such a specific way but for me like I see the action items that I have in every single one of those areas and I'm always on track. So I think just over time, recognizing how important those areas are has been really vital to making sure that like not one area of my life is like slipping behind and I'm not paying attention to it. Troy Farkas asks, how much editing is done on the podcast? Sean? How much do you cut out? How much do I cut out? How much is cut? <laughs> um, obviously, you can tell from a lot of the profanity that makes it to makes it through. Which, again, today I have to mark this with a, a profanity warning. Thanks to Jordan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how much editing is done? Um, honestly, I mean a, a degree. Uh, we don't really cut so much as um, uh, putting it together, right? I mean, there's there's a few different moving parts there. Um, uh, not to get uh, too deep in the weeds on that. Um, just the more inputs you put into any kind of podcast, like, uh, other than the main audio, like we have right 
now that we're giving you. Uh, if you inject uh, voicemails into your stuff or, or, or um, sound clips or anything like that, you have to balance all those levels out and you have to get them in so they sound like very clean cuts, which uh, is something I always, always really strive to do to make it sound really, really smooth. Um, so Sean more is so such a perfectionist and such a good like Sean is meticulous when you look at like the notes that he does for like going on tour you know exactly like the itinerary is like it's out of this world our calendars look amazing Sean well thank you yes yeah. he's a perfectionist almost to an annoying a fault. fault for myself yeah. because when I have to cover for him there's so much velcro on all of these cables yeah it's so annoying to set I, up the audio. I, I, I do take a lot of pride in my equipment. Uh, but I would say that about about 90% of what you hear on the podcast is is what happened in the room. Yeah. Like yeah. you, they, we, there is some bleed on, on both ends where we have a little bit of conversation, but like the guests will walk in and we record almost to a T at mm-hmm. 10 a.m. every Tuesday. Yep. The guests will walk in at 9.58, and we're recording by 10.05. Oh, yeah. And we record we're for right two on. hours. So it's like there's not... It's it's relatively what you see is what you get. That was the conversation that they had with the guest that day. Right. I mean... Unless we go to lunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only other kind of editing, uh, just briefly, for anybody out there that's doing this, um, that uh, probably the most uh, for me, and I'll let... Uh, Jordan just speak to this on their side, but, um, it really comes down to my control. Um, as far as like, if I have to do any kind of additional editing now, most of it, I, I can do uh, fade, up, um, you know, pull the, um, gain control a little bit if somebody backs off the mic, but, um, um, that's probably the most editing I, I really have to do other than some of those other inputs that we throw in there. So each time you hear something different, you know, I have to balance all those levels out. But if everybody has pretty good mic control, and there's actually a really good, so I'm going to give one reference we can put in the show notes um, to uh, Linda Perry. She um, what used to be the uh, lead singer, uh, guitarist, and um, songwriter for uh, Four Non Blondes. She's a producer now. She's got a great video out there, um, and I'll try to get a uh, link to you because I think I, I only saw it on Facebook. But um, uh, talking about Rick Nielsen, the guitarist for Cheap Trick, um, where she was talking about how uh, it all boils down to the player. Uh, I say that because it just depends on how good in this room, how good somebody's mic control is that, you know, um, all these mics are identical. So it just depends on the the player really, because it starts with the player, right? How good the player is. Then it goes to the equipment, then it goes to the recorder and then the editing bay and that's the path. So as long as you, you have a really good, uh, input, then, um, it takes very little, um, editing, honestly. I mean, it's just kind of compiling everything together Mm -hmm. in the, in the editing bay. So Charlie Hines. Well, wait a minute, Jess. Did you have anything oh, to add on? Um, I mean, as far as from an editing standpoint. No, not at all. I, you got it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're trying to keep it kind of lightning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, you, uh, Jordan. You were going <clears throat> with Charlie. Charlie asks, "Do any of you dabble in zero waste practices?" I think Jess is on this uh, a little bit, or yeah. at least low waste or minimal waste like refilling bulk foods or making cleaning products i'm passionate about how easy it can be to to refill and reuse and would love to hear you talk about it jess yeah yeah so i i mean we have black bandanas that we use as napkins uh, because they don't stain very easily and they're inexpensive we buy like paper towel rolls once a quarter um i recently signed up for acadia power which is a way to be able to like 
whatever energy you use, they'll shift the type of energy that is accounted for yours to wind energy. You're all fired. Uh oh. Oh man. We. <laughs> I heard we, you talking about we, me. This by the way, <laughs> we are we are keeping this in, so we. Yep. You've been listening the whole time. Oh man. You're all uh -oh. fired. Now the good after news is, when they go back and listen to this, folks, I'll be the only one left standing after the, everything <laughs> that Jess and Jordan said. Hi, Jess. Hey guys. How you doing? We love each other. Good. All right, y'all. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're we're in the lightning round now. Yeah, yeah. Love people, use things. Use people, love things, because the opposite is boring. <laughs> All right, we're keeping that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is staying in. Okay, yeah. Um, so the energy that we use is um, is accounted for uh, as wind energy. Um, we also use imperfect produce, which is a delivery service that's available in Chicago. I think it's available throughout the country as well. And it's where um, produce that they've overproduced or produce that is imperfect, you can have it delivered weekly to your house. So it, it, and it shows you like how much water, how many emissions you save every single week. Um, but yeah, I, we, I buy teas, spices, pantry items and herbs in bulk when I can. We eat a lot of organ meats. Um, I like to use like the whole animal and everything in our home is EWG rated, which is the environmental working group. Um, and all of our cleaning products are basically, it's just vinegar, water, alcohol with essential oils. So absolutely. I love zero waste stuff. Absolutely. Well, right. I can just very briefly say that I just kind of minimal waste. Like I said earlier, um, just by nature of the way I live and the fact that I live alone and I don't, uh, I cook every meal pretty much and I, I shop on the edges of the grocery store, as they say, to lives stay on away the from, edge. I live on the edge of the grocery store, shopping. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now you can know why we have these day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I can't, I don't have a beautiful voice. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is why we're not usually on mic. Uh, as you, as you, yeah, snort, <laughs> snort. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to be uh, zero waste, Sean? Uh, you waste not any I, words. Uh, well, I, I'd say I eliminate my coworkers, but they did that for me. They, yeah. Hey, if we're talking about, uh, let's be honest, if we're talking about the first law of thermodynamics, which is uh, the principle of conservation of energy that. Energy can only be transformed and not lost. Aren't we all zero waste? Uh, uh, <laughs> right? Huh? So intellectual, Sean. Yeah. So <laughs> mo moving on. That, that was another joke mm, that didn't on. land. Okay. It landed. Uh, actually, landed somewhere. Uh, I don't know where. <laughs> actually, Jess, this one from Nikki is, is all you. All right. Um, let's see. You are the only female part of the group, I assume. How do you think minimalism relates to women's issues, if at all? Um, I mean, oh, wait, so, I'll go ahead and take this one, Jess. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you, I think, I kind of feel like Sean and Jordan might be able to speak to this one a little bit better. <laughs> um, no, I think, I mean, here to me, here's ultimately what it comes down to is like society has this projection of what we should be as men and women, and there's a different expectation for men and women um, of what we should be. And there's a different reality for each of us in terms of who we are. And I think there's parallels to that, but I do believe that there are just differences in terms of 
who women and men are and how we are perceived and um, what society expects of us. And ultimately, I think what our commonality is, is that we're trying to remove that discrepancy and like get rid of this perception of who we should be based on the things that really don't matter, um, like our gender or anything else that is DNA dependent, um, and really just focusing on who we are as people. Jessica Lynn Williams for president. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> this this is why. Again, she completely overshadows us. Oh nonsense! So we live in the shadow of social Jess. Annie Annie asks, "What is uh, slash are your passions?" Ooh, okay. Well, wait. You Jordan, me Jordan's scaring me down. Yeah. Uh, um, oh me. No, I insist after you. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to take this. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say, and it's going to sound like I'm being glib again, but I'm not. Uh, actually, my, my wife and children. Um, because um, I'm going to be honest that um, everything that I do in some way is, is directed by them. Not that saying they're directing me, right? But it's for the benefit, ultimately, of them. Right, I mean that's directing Sean. He's he's cuffed. Oh yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> no, seriously though. Yeah, it'd be um, um, definitely my my wife and children. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I have three revolving hobbies. Um, one of them is what I do for my main career. Uh, that's that's video. So and and if you ever have peeped my Instagram or Twitter or any of my social profiles, it's right up there on my header. It says filmmaker, photographer, graphic artist. Those are my three hobbies, and subsequently, what I do that makes me money. Uh, so, one could say I'm living the dream. Well, there you go. Or one could be glib, one as be one glib, says. As one says. Jess, what are your I hobbies? Can't help but feel that's directed at me. <laughs> um, I, I I love to draw. I'm learning to write, and um, I I don't mind going. I, I really I enjoy going out and taking photos, but that's not one of my main hobbies. I really do enjoy doing yoga. Um, that's something that I've been working hard to pursue more. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that reflects. Uh, I have seen definitely an uptick on your social media. You're posting a lot more about your yoga, so that's yeah, you can see that. It's it's publicly noticeable yeah and uh jess i don't know how i missed this up to like yesterday because you probably noticed me as a new follower on your um jess draws yeah yeah that instagram i wasn't even aware of that welcome to the club sean i know get with the time thanks yeah i started it a a couple months back and i started writing about about um chronic illness and and essentially living meaningfully with chronic illness um just as a means to get through it myself and i honestly was really focused on uh primarily drawing but the writing part of it that box kind of like i'm like oh i have to write something in here too but it's it's been a lot of fun and jordan i mean seeing your stuff too i mean it's I think that we all, it's fun to see each other all build off of each other. And I know you guys have been working together on potentially collaborating on some pieces too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's really what Annie was driving at. And, and my wife and children are my passion. But yeah, I do. Um, well, hence, I mean, I wouldn't have got a master's in English if I wasn't interested in that, right? So mm-hmm. um, reading and writing, um, especially like, uh, I mean, everyone I think knows I'm a Hemingway fan. Uh, 
Ernest Hemingway. Um, Wouldn't you say drumming too, or is that kind of? Yeah, yeah, music yeah. as well. It's yeah. Um, it's been a little bit more difficult traveling, right, to really get any of that in because you can't really easily take a drum set with you. I mean, I have my sticks and my my practice pad, but um, yeah, yeah, that as well. What about sardines? Oh my gosh, yeah, just to see me consuming <laughs> the a, ultimate passion, a ugly amount of sardines. <laughs> Um, in fact, at one point, Jess was uh, concerned for me on tour. She goes, I, I really don't think you should be eating that many sardines. Are you like mercury poisoning? Uh, well, you can over time, right? And there's other, I think, uh, Jess, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's even like a, a higher level of arsenic in, in sardines. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, uh, Jess, I have been cutting back on sardines. Okay, good. I'm really glad I was concerned, but no, that I it's it's really cool to see like what you. But you also, it's funny because we have the same. I mean, we don't ha all have the same YouTube account, but we all have access to the minimalist YouTube account. And sometimes I see you've been playing guitar too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You watch <laughs> you you watch guitar videos, John? Oh yeah, on yeah. the the show and the the minimalist well, we, uh, YouTube. Yeah. So well, I mean. Uh, so it's one of those things when you all share one account as we do, like with the, the minimalists, uh, we all have access to that account and you, um, if you just go in and watch something, right. And you don't consciously in the right hand, upper, upper right hand part, switch to your actual mm -hmm. account, right. It'll right. tag it. Yeah. It'll tag them under there. So mm -hmm. I'll watch an inordinate amount of, I mean, to, to keep sharp. Yeah. With playing, I'll, I'll watch. Who's um, watching all the SNL sketches. Uh, I, I, watched I think that might be Josh. Yeah, Probably. I think it is actually. I, I was gonna say I, I may have watched a few, but I haven't. Yeah, been. That's uh, one thing that I'm like religious. I like YouTube is my main source of entertainment, and I have like subscriptions and everything, and I have my shows technically. So I'm religious about switching, switching back over. over to my own when yeah. I watch my shows. So oh yeah, because I know I'll be looking at like the recommended videos. I'm like, none of this is me. <laughs> Click away, you know. <laughs> That's a, that's, how he, that's, that's how I that's that's how I know these up. are all like eighties like hair bands. <laughs> What's going on? Oh yeah, on? That's, that's that's all me. I own that. <laughs> that is one hundred percent all oh, me. Any, if you see anything as obscure as like Steel Panther, well, I, I won't say they're obscure, but <laughs> I, uh, I see it fondly. Like I look at it and it just makes me laugh so much. I'm like, Sean's at it again. Sean's been at it again. Music. Here's more Motley yeah. Crue. Harding's been in yeah. there. Actually, <laughs> actually, Rush was my band growing up, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of devolved back into hair bands, and we have and we have reached the end of the internet. Not the internet, but the the end of the internet as we know it, as far as the uh, questions submitted to us, right? <laughs> I was going to say, Sean, with the with the essay that came out this week, I don't really think uh, that's very on brand of you. <laughs> yeah. All right, last but not least, last but not least, Marcy asks, yeah. do any of you have side hustles, or is this your side hustle? Well. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Let's divert back to uh you trying to get us fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Now, what, um what are you devoting yeah, your time well, I mean, to? I'd say my biggest side hustle is um is I'm, you know, I'm working on my own podcast. It's Flick of the Week. It's it's a show about movies for more movie people. Um we review movies before they come out, we make predictions. <laughs> and uh me and my friend uh Nick Drake um, but it's not even a hustle because it's not making any money. I don't know. It's a side, side, side passion. It's a side passion. Yeah. yeah. Side passion. I guess my side hustle that makes me money is photography is sometimes I do portrait gigs. So that's my thing. That's, that's your thing. It's my thing. What about you, Jess? Do you have any side hustles? 
Yeah, actually, recently, um, I've just been in contact with a sustainable printer um, to start printing my drawings over at Just Draws Lines. So that is one of the main things that I've been working on recently. I'm really excited about it because um, I've wanted to have a sustainable printer and I've wanted to get the drawings out for a while. So it feels good to be doing it the right way. Well, we'll put the link in the description below and go buy Jess's lines that are drawn. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the lines that are drawn. Jess's lines that are drawn. See, I oh. always have this self-consciousness, and maybe Jess and I can resonate on this, is um, with the act of selling your art mm-hmm. um, and the idea of uh, printing art, specifically with me, because I feel like everything I've ever drawn, though... It's getting really good, you know, as I progress with my skill set. Um, I feel like everything is incredibly niche and incredibly, like, I don't have a, there's not one theme. You know, one day I was drawing a, you know, um, um, Garbage Pail Kids sticker. That was super cool, by the way. Yeah, and yeah. then the next day I'm doing, a you know, an Indiana Jones style poster, you know, so it's like totally different styles. So, I don't know, I, I, I feel like... Um, I'm I'm always jealous when uh, in a, in a good way when I see other artists jump on and and start selling their art. I'm like I, I wonder if I could ever do that. I I've never done it. I just don't know if anyone you would should. buy anything. I think I think like when you think about making art, it's like a matter of you all, like for me. I get worried. I'm like, oh, is this something that I would make or that looks like me or something that I should be putting out there? But at the end of the day, haha, hearkening back to the earlier of our episode, um, the earlier part of our episode, like it's you who made it and like. Also, when it comes to like selling stuff, it is, you know, it's like selling stuff as a minimalist. It's like, well, yeah, but here's the thing is like either, I mean, like original art is very expensive. So the people who fall into like not necessarily a a far lower income bracket, but like, you know, your normal day to day person that's like paying down debt or, or, you know, taking care of their family, like they can't always afford that original. And like as an artist, like I, I'm happy to give them something that's a little bit more rare and it's fun. You should totally do it, Jordan. I'll give you, if you want, I'll send you a list of sustainable printers. I found a website. It's, I think it's SGP. Um, it's like a sustainable printing group. I'm going to look for the company that is the least sustainable and use them <laughs> and I'm going to print for every print that someone buys, I'm going to print one and I'm going to throw it in the ocean. Yeah. I'm going to make it into a straw and throw it in the ocean. And he's, yeah, and he's going to, he's going to uh, just print it using seal's blood. And I'm then like light the it on fire. guy on this show. Yeah, he's, everything that's bad, it comes back to him. Use people uh, and love things yeah. because the opposite is boring. <laughs> well, I'm going to say for me, because I've been working on a, um, a collection of short stories and I'm um, looking right down the barrel of the camera saying I will sell them shamelessly. <laughs> so if they have any qualms, Jess and, and Jordan about selling their art, I do not. I will sell it to you shamelessly. <laughs> so overly if you're interested, well. yeah, yeah, overly, <laughs> no. Uh, but if you are interested, I, I uh, should have that uh, fairly soon. Um, for anybody that's interested, I have a, a, a collection of shorts I've been working on, and uh, Jordan and I uh, have been working on uh, something. There was a uh, script that I worked on some time back that uh, Jordan actually thought had some legs to it. It's got legs. It's got some legs. Uh, so uh, I took my notes uh, from him of what he uh, liked and, and thought could work and some stuff that he thought should be uh, canned. 
<laughs> and uh, so I'm working on the edits for that right now. So be looking for that. Uh, He's coming, still licking his wounds <laughs> from my notes. Coming, yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, every artist knows what that's like, right? You get you get notes on some of your stuff, and you're like, oh, that hurts. And then you're like, oh, no, actually, they're right. And I did. And the script told me that there was a funny thing I should have said. Uh, Mar- since Marcy said, do you, any of you have any side hustles, or is this your side hustle? And I wrote, keeping my wife employed. Um <laughs> And everybody's going to walk away from this podcast thinking uh, that uh, podcast, Sean, is the definition of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Nonsense. He's that, the most chivalrous person you'll ever meet. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Jess. See, I'm being defended by Jess. Jordan, not so much, but... Well, we. I defend no one but myself, <laughs> and I sometimes contradict um, myself. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, well, any, uh, I will pass it back over to you guys. Any final words before we've gone through all the questions, you guys, anything, uh, want to say anything as a final word? I would like to say thank you to all the patron patron patrons patrons. I wouldn't say they're patrons. I, I, everyone says that. I don't think that's the right term. Patreon. They're they're patrons. I don't know. (laughs) I I am, I am, I am arguing for the sake of argument. But thank you guys. Yes. If you've made it this far, wow, you have really good attention. <laughs> you have an spans. incredible amount of patience. Yes. Uh, if if your ears aren't bleeding by now, um, thank you for still listening. Thank you for supporting us and supporting the show, yeah. and for being minimal. I guess uh, <laughs> or pretending to be. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I would say if you shameless plug. If you want to check out my YouTube channel or my Instagram, that's where you can find my stuff the most uh, frequent that is outside of minimalist stuff, which I share that a lot too. Yeah. Uh, it's always Jordan No More, and that'll be in the notes. It's J-O-R-D-A-N-K-N-O-W-M-O-O-R-E. Jess? Yeah, I mean, I just I want to emphasize what Jordan said. Thank you guys so much for becoming patrons of, of Josh and Ryan and the minimalists, and it's it's just really awesome to be connected with with you guys like mano a mano we've never but like done a recording like this before so this was really fun and yeah thank you guys so much and if you want to follow me on the socials i'm on twitter and instagram at just breathes and i'm also on instagram at just draws lines all right we'll have all that in the show notes as well and uh finally i guess it's down to me huh uh yeah thank you again Uh, what's that Jess? down to you down to me uh, yes, uh, patrons. I'm going to say patrons. I don't care what Jordan says. <laughs> patrons, thank you so much for your support. We really do appreciate it. Um, uh, on behalf of uh, uh, Jess Jordan and myself, um, it was a pleasure to spend this time with you guys, uh, with you, Jordan, and with you, Jess, and with you, uh, our, our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. It was a blast, and uh, we hope to do it uh, uh, again very soon, right? And you guys want to, yeah. should we use? Well, I was going to say, are I you feel gonna like. Are you going to use the love people use things? Or you're going to try and distort it. I want you to do it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a little gag here real quick. Oh my gosh. So Jess, I don't know what he's doing, but he's going over and I think he's getting ready to pull the light on me. It looks like the, uh, the patrons are, uh, the patrons are all pulling out. Oh no. Oh, he's going <laughs> to, no. he's going to throw me in the dark here. Oh no. All right, What's everybody. I guess, over there? I guess that. The patrons. Uh, no, the he's Jess. He's insinuating that they're leaving because he's flashing the lights <laughs> like the power's going out. All right. Well, 
we've we've belabored the ending enough, right? <laughs> so I'm going to look around the barrel of the camera and say thank you all again, and I'm going to borrow it from Josh. Love people, use things because, because the, the opposite, opposite never, never works. works. Thanks for listening, Bye, y'all. Guys. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The minimalists. <laughs>